When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast powered by lynda.com. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new today with a free 10-day trial for all CLNS Radio listeners. Go to www.lynda.com slash CLNS Radio. Challenge yourself and get on board with Linda and the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast. wait for i'm bobby kravitsky you can find me on twitter at bobby underscore k91 join today we've upgraded from jeff kane to patrick shakeout patrick why don't you tell the good folks listening where they can find you at twitter yeah definitely i'm actually uh about time i got on a show without jeff but uh, you can find me on twitter at clns underscore patrick and uh, hopefully we can catch lightning in a bottle here and uh, get jeff off the postgame shows officially this could be just the momentum that we need to finally upgrade this show permanently. Patrick, let's get down to it, okay? I want you to tell me how you would go about attacking Richard Sherman. Well, I think the only way, and Brandon Browner said it best with the injured shoulder, you've you got to go after him. Now, obviously, he still is one of the premier cornerbacks in the NFL, Uh with an elbow injury, my my strategy would be if he lines up against LaFell, throw some screens at him, uh, go right towards him, get blockers at him, put LeGarrette Blunt run outside runs at him early in the game. I'm not saying to do this the entire game, but uh, clearly their best player on defense is Richard Sherman, and, and he's nicked up right now. So whatever advantage you can get, if you can get some blockers on Sherman to hit that elbow, if you can get a helmet from Blunt or from, from bigger guys like him or LaFell, or, or even Edelman, who are, who are quick guys that, that can break tackles, uh, I say you just go after him, try and, and force him to make the tackle. And if he comes out early on and shows that he's 100% ready to go, then you can, you can maybe change it back to, to shying away from him. But as of right now, you, you have to go into this game thinking that he's hurt and that's a weakness, 
and attack it until he proves that he can he can defend himself, which we don't know until we, we start the game on Sunday. Yeah, I like the idea of mixing it up and challenging him. Another approach that I would take is running a lot of stack formations at him. That's something he, spe- he seems to struggle with against San Diego when the Chargers were able to knock off Seattle as they forced him to not just say he's very good at defending outside the numbers and the deep routes, but when you force him to run more laterally and come across the middle, that's when he becomes much more vulnerable, especially against those smaller, shiftier wide receivers where just like we've seen Brandon Browner struggle to get his hands on some of those smaller, faster receivers, a Julian Edelman type can give him serious problems in this game. Yeah, definitely. And we were just talking, uh, I was talking with Kevin and we were doing our, our cheap seats show and uh, we, we made it quite clear that this is a game that obviously showcases the two best quarterbacks in, in our opinion and Richard Sherman and Darrell Revis. And uh, Richard Sherman is one guy who, who motivates the team with his talking. He gets the, the, the defense pumped up, and, and it's really a brotherhood with them in that secondary. I think if you can go after Sherman and, and really expose it, not expose him, but really get him off of his game early on, that could do wonders for the Patriots going in uh, into halftime and into that second half of the game where if they're not their same selves and they're not motivated and they're not as emotional as they usually are, because let's not forget, Seattle's not a team that is, is really accustomed to coming from behind or, or coming through adversity. Yeah, they had a couple of bad games here and there, but overall for the last two seasons, it's really been them coming out of the gate strong, up in games, and, and, and coasting. So I think if you get up on Seattle early and, and really get them kind of down, they're in a neutral field, so you don't have the 12th man at such an advantage for Seattle. You get Sherman down, get a couple of plays at him. He starts to struggle. His emotions aren't as high as they usually are. It kind of sets the Legion of Boom back a step, and now Tom Brady has the ability to go after other players in that secondary, and you've got you guys like Danny Amendola, and you you guys like the Who Man uh, in different packages to really exploit the holes, which I think there are holes in the secondary. I don't think that they're as strong as they were a year ago. I think that, obviously, they didn't use Browner in the playoffs last year, but losing him as a whole was tough. They lost a lot of members on the defense as a whole, and I think if you can get on them early, it can really set the tempo for this game and let the Pages do some things that they want to do uh, early and often throughout the Super Bowl. These are two mentally tough teams. Both have proven it throughout the course of the playoffs. I do agree that whoever comes out and throws that first punch, it is going to be a big factor in this game. Now let's talk about when the clock ticks down to zero. Finish this sentence for me. The Patriots will win or lose this game because of blank. Well, I'll stick with the trend that I've been saying since uh, for the last four or five years. The Patriots will win or lose the Super Bowl based off of Tom Brady's performance. If, if Brady comes out here and, and doesn't turn the ball over and is efficient and, and makes the most out of his plays, the Patriots will win this game. However, if Tom Brady comes out and, and tries to force balls into Gronk, uh, like we saw in the 2012 Super Bowl, that, that Hail Mary pass to, to Gronk on one ankle that Chase Blackburn picked off, if he starts trying to, to, to make plays by himself, he starts seeing that phantom pressure, they'll lose this game. Now, obviously, it'll, it'll be more uh, than just one player, but I think ultimately with the impact that Tom Brady has, he will have the greatest impact on whether the Patriots win or lose Super Bowl Forty Nine. I hear you there, and it was a chance for you to take a shot at TB12. You didn't. We'll see if he comes through come Sunday. For me, I'm going to say that whoever wins this game 
It's going to come down to discipline. From the Patriots' perspective, that means being able to keep Russell Wilson in the pocket, defending the read option, and containing Marshawn Lynch. And from a Seattle perspective, that means no yards after the catch. That that means being able to defend whatever crazy plays the Patriots might throw at them. And we're going to see how this one plays out. But now let's welcome Mike Loiko onto the show. Pleasure to have you on, Mike. Hey, guys, what's going on? Nice to join you tonight. Appreciate you coming out, Mike. And uh, sorry to interrupt there, Patrick. Now, Mike, no, the Senior Bowl recently took place, and you produced great content on that. When it gets closer to the draft, you can bet that we're going to be reaching out to you and being sure to scan NewEnglandPatriotsDraft.com for all the latest over there. But let's get to the big game, and I'm going to ask you the same thing that I just asked Patrick. Finish this sentence. The Patriots will win or lose because of blank. I think if they um, contain the big plays of Russell Wilson, that they'll probably win the game. Uh, if you look at when Seattle's really successful, it's when Russell Wilson's able to get out of the pocket and pick up big third downs with his legs or big chunks of yards with his legs. And also his big passing plays usually come off of the, the zone read in the play action. So I think if they can contain Russell Wilson's big plays, um, I, I think they'll have a very good chance to win this game. I think they will score some points. Um, I definitely think they can outscore Seattle. I think it's just going to be up to the defense to take away those big explosive plays that Seattle seems to feed off of. Now, Mike, let me ask you, from from all that we've heard, Richard Sherman uh, and Earl Thomas are expected to go, and they said they'll be 100% for the Super Bowl. Now, in my opinion, I think that you want to come out early, and uh, obviously this this sounds weird to say, but go after Richard Sherman uh, with that elbow injury because an injured Richard Sherman really changes that Seattle defense. Now, from mm-hmm. your perspective, do you, do you think it would be a smart idea for the Patriots to come out early in the game and go after Richard Sherman and have him test that injured elbow? Well, I think it's something you can't come out there and consciously do like I think Green Bay did last week when they were like, all right, we didn't throw at him the first game. We're definitely going to throw at him this game. And they probably took points off the board um, testing him deep on the, the first drive of the game where he had an interception in the end zone. Um, and I actually think that the Patriots wide receivers, and I've said this for a little while now, they're a decent matchup against Sherman because what he struggles to do uh, for being a tall, high-cut corner is he struggles to break laterally. That's just not his game. Their linebackers make up for a lot of that weakness moving laterally with tight throwing windows. But I think there will be windows there for Edelman um, or Amendola or whoever's on him to exploit if Tom Brady can be pinpoint. But, yeah, you can't shy away, and Green Bay showed that in their first game, that you can't just ignore one side of the field completely. I think you do need to test it. and Not necessarily throw, throw at him, but you need to test it and make him tackle or make him throw a hit and see how that arm actually feels. I actually think Earl Thomas's shoulder injury might be a bigger issue than Sherman's um, elbow, and I think that's also something that they need to force him to square up a, a running back or a receiver and really drop his shoulder and see if see if he's willing to commit with that shoulder. Yeah, both of those injuries will be interesting to monitor throughout the game. Now, we know that the Patriots are going to be balanced, but do you think that they will use more two tight end sets? Are we going to be seeing more of Danny Amendola and those three wide receiver packages? 
You know, it's tough to say. I just think it's going to be based on game situations. I think ideally they would like to establish the run, and if they can play from ahead and not fall behind early, I think we'll see more two tight end sets. But I, I, Amendola, I, he's he's carved out a nice little role for himself this this playoff run and really the last few weeks of the season, and he has kind of that they've lacked all year long. Um, and he's another guy that could give those bigger corners uh, a little bit of trouble with his lateral quickness and breaks. But I think the running game, if they can get that going early, they're going to be in a really good position. Um, if you look at Seattle's depth chart, and while I was listening to you guys, I had actually looked at it for the first time in a couple days, and they're really, really thin up front on the defensive tackle. There are two starters, are Tony McDaniel and Kevin Williams, who both are decent guys. They're, you know, Kevin Williams is probably in his last season. He's going after that ring. He actually was between the Patriots and Seattle to sign with. But after those two guys, they have one backup or two backup defensive tackles on their team. One's Landon Cohen, who's basically a journeyman, you know, 53rd man. And the other is DeMarcus Dobbs. Um, they lost Brandon Meebane, who was a huge loss midway through the season. And then right before the playoffs, they lost Jordan Hill, who was kind of their penetrator that created pass rush up the middle. So I think this defense, and if you look at the linebackers, I love Wagner, but Irving, they're all small, light guys that can be pushed around. So if you can really establish that run up the middle, um, you can control the clock, and they'll be in a good situation. So I think early on we'll probably see more two tight ends, but if they fall behind, they're going to have to spread them out a little bit. Well, let me ask you, Mike, and uh, I was listening to Rodney Harrison earlier say that he believes Jamie Collins is going to have a big game, with, which got me thinking, outside of the typical Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Rob Gronkowski, Marshawn Lynch, if you could pick one, so not under-the-radar guy, but one of the guys who's not uh, slated to win the Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. who do you think gets it and why? Well, that's a good question. I think Edelman can probably have a big game, maybe not even on offense, but I think the special team – it gets overlooked all the time, but I also think it's getting really overlooked in this matchup. I think the Patriots have a, a really good advantage in the special teams. Um, they've created big plays all year, whether it's blocks or punt returns. Um, their special teams are superb. So I'd say Edelman just for what he can bring on special teams. And defensively, I think Collins can have a big game, but I also think Dante Hightower needs to have a big game. Um, with how big and physical Lynch is, a lot of onus is going to be put on um, Dante Hightower to be filling those run, run gaps and taking down Lynch on first contact. He feeds off of breaking tackles, so Hightower and Collins need to be the guys that get them down on first contact without a doubt. Yeah, there's going to be a lot on those two linebackers' plates. Now we know that Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia are going to spin the dial, try to keep Russell Wilson guessing and off balance, but how do you expect the Patriots to primarily defend the Seahawks? I think they're going to be really conservative on the edges. Um, we've heard, I've heard on TV and radio all week about the coaches stressing, you know, read your keys, know your assignment, don't bite on the fakes. Like I said earlier, playing that read option and the zone reads are going to be critical for this offense. If they can keep Russell Wilson in the pocket, um, I like their chances. We know what Bill Belichick does. He's going to take away the biggest weapon, so I expect him to probably play man coverage on the outside. They match up really well with Seattle's wide receivers. So I think we're going to see a concerted effort to stop Marshawn Lynch and keep Russell Wilson in the pocket. 
And going back to the last question, I think a lot of that goes back to Chandler Jones. We've seen him be susceptible to those outside run plays throughout the year. So I think it's time for Chandler Jones to really, you know, have his best game since the, since he got injured there in week seven or eight. Now, sticking with the defensive trend, Mike, the Patriots have, have two big defensive free agents coming up after this game with Darrell Revis uh, having the player option and Devin McCourty being a free agent. Do you think regardless of – or do you think that depending on the score of this game, whether the Patriots win or lose, that could determine if any by any percentage of a chance that the Patriots decide to bring back Revis and McCourty or one or the other depending on what happens in this game? Well, um, McCourty is going to be back. I think that's just a given, the way Belichick loves him and speaks so highly of him. They, he, they can put the state, uh, franchise tag on him on the, at the safety number, but I, I think they work at a long-term deal with a lower cap number than that. Revis is going to be the million-dollar question. I just find it hard to believe if they get to the Super Bowl and win it, or even if they lose it, that Darrell Revis is going to walk away for you know slightly less money somewhere else. I just think... It was kind of a try, uh, wait and see period with this team and Revis early in the year, and I just think it's worked out tremendously for both sides. You know, going down to a place like Tampa last year and being so far off the radar, no one's paying attention to you, no one cares if you play well or play bad. You know, for somebody that has a huge business opportunity as an ego like Revis, you know, he has to take that into account too. He's playing on center stage every week with the national TV, the amount of national TV games the Patriots are on, you know, I think they're going to pony up and give him the money, whether it's a three-year, $39 million deal or something like that. I think they find a way to get it done, even if they lose this game. If, I mean, if they lose, you're going to be a situation where, you know, sooner or later they're just Bill Belichick's just going to throw his hands up and, you know, go all in on one because this team has a ton of talent. And whether they get it done this year or not, they're going to be really close next year to getting back to this game with all the talent they'll have coming back if they get Reva signed. Yeah, this is a loaded team. It's a young team for the most part. And as far as Darrell Revis goes, I think he knows the impact that winning is going to have on his legacy. Now, across from him, Brandon Browner, would you be more comfortable with him on a player like Jermaine Curse, or would you rather see him matched up with Seattle's tight ends? No, I think you can cover outside. I, I think this is a great matchup for Browner. Um, feeds off the emotion and the physicality of the game. Going up against his old teammates, his old friends, I just think we're going to see the best of him. Uh, he's a, For me, I, I've been a Brandon Browner fan for a long time. He's a tone setter. He's somebody that the defense feeds off of. And I think he makes a play early in the game, similar to what the Seahawks did last year against the um, Broncos with Cam Chancellor setting the tone. I think Brandon Browner sets a tone early on, and I have no problem with him covering Curse or Baldwin or whoever. I think they'll probably take away Luke Wilson with Jamie Collins or one of the safeties. Now, Mike, I've been someone who's been relatively hard on Tom Brady over the last few years in his uh, playoff performance, and I wanted to ask you, if this game comes down to the final drive and the Patriots need a drive to get into field goal range for either a game-winning or game-tying kick, do you still have the same trust and faith in Tom Brady that you might once have had maybe in 2005, 2006, 2007, as you would in the same situation if it was faced on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I do. He's shown over the course of the season, um, really the last two years, the Saints game last year, the Cleveland game last year, the Ravens game this year, he's still able to come back and win these games in the fourth quarter. 
where I've had a problem with Tom Brady is some of his throws earlier in games where he locks on to one receiver and really forces it. All through his career, Tom Brady's been at his best when he spreads the ball around and gives what the defense or takes what the defense gives him. He did that in the Super Bowl drive against the Rams in 2003, or January of 2004, um, you know, where he checked it down, checked it down. Finally, he gets Troy Brown for a big completion. Same thing against Carolina. Um, when the game's on the line, he seems to just take what the defense gives him, move the chain, and he'll take his shot. So, yeah, I still have all the faith in Brady, I mean, when the game's on the line. But I also think that's what's unique about Russell Wilson because I think he's the same type of player. So it could be an instance of whoever has the ball last um, that that quarterback will get their team in situation or position to win the game. Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson have great chemistry on those broken plays. That's where you see a lot of Doug Baldwin's big plays yep. made. And how important is it for Darrell Revis to be able to take those away or minimize them as best he can? And how much of his, that is a struggle for a player as great a cover corner as Revis is? He's not the fastest guy out there, so to be able to hang with Baldwin for an extended period of time where Wilson's scrambling, trying to make plays with his feet, how difficult is that going to be? I think that's what Revis is his best. That guy can hold. That guy maintains his coverage downfield and throughout the play better than any cornerback in the league, really. We've seen him. Do, we, we've seen it time after time this year, whether you go back to the Green Bay game where they rush three and they have the receivers covered for like 11 seconds. Um I think Revis matches up really good against Baldwin or Curtis or whoever he's on. I do like your point though that they 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 make those play they make their big plays when the initial play breaks down and Wilson's able to extend the play. So that just goes back to what Belichick's been stressing all week. It's just knowing your assignment, it's just staying with your read and your assignment, and not worrying about what's going on behind you. And really, that's the simple thing about the game, and that's why we always hear Belichick say is just do your job because if every one of the 11 people on that defense just does their assignment, you know, that, that that's a sign of a great defense. And I think we've seen that at times this year. And, you know, I'm really, really hoping just for everything that's gone into this season and the amount of talent they have on that defense, that, 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 that unit's able to step up and have their best performance of the season because I think there's a lot of guys on that defense that have earned the right to become a champion, and I hope we get to see it on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Mike. And flipping to the offensive side here, Brian Stork didn't play mm-hmm. in the AFC Championship game after being injured in the uh, division round against Baltimore. Do you think whether he's injured or not, he has a big impact on the game? Because when he was inserted into the lineup against uh, Kansas City, this offensive line really changed. But with him being absent over the last week and a half, we really haven't seen much of a drop-off with Josh Klein being inserted as the guard <laughs> and Wendell as the center. So do you think Brian Stork's availability, whether he's 100%, 50%, whatever the case would be, do you think he has that much of an impact on this game? I think what it does is it allows the Patriots to open up their playbook a little bit more. What they've really done the last couple of games is get the ball to Bray's hands really quick and limit some of the pass rush. And I think they're going to do that again. We're not going to see Bray stand back there and take these five, seven-step drops um, and hold on to the ball forever. I think they have a little bit more of that capability now. I remember the Baltimore game when Klein came in at first. They tried that play action where the guard pulls from the backside um, and Brady goes deep. He was going to Thames, but Josh Klein just lost his block. Um, ended up Brady taking a sack. It could have been a, a, a big play touchdown. Um, I think those are the types of plays that they are, they're more capable of making now. But 
But this is going to be another game plan where Brady gets the ball out quick, spreads it around, and just moves the chains. Um, the offensive line we haven't talked about, it's going to be a key. This, the offensive line, especially the interior offensive line, has to be better in this Super Bowl than it's been in the previous two Super Bowls against the Giants. Um, the Giants last time out set the tone from the first play with that safety. Um, the Patriots cannot allow Seattle to just pin their ears back and get pressure up the middle. They just can't do it. So I think Stork allows them to, you know, have everybody in place, and it just gives the Patriots playbook a little another dimension with the type of drops and um, reads Tom Brady can make. All right, now, Mike, let's get your prediction, <laughs> your offensive MVP, and who is your defensive MVP? You know, it's it's tough to make a prediction. You know, it's just – even if I thought the Patriots were going to lose, I probably wouldn't be able to pick against them at this point in time. I just think it's. I just. I just know it's going to be a close game. I just think these two teams are incapable of blowing each other out, as other people have said this week. Um, you know, I just. I just think it's such a great opportunity for this Patriots team. They're so talented this year. Um, they've overcome so much from the start. Who knows if they get another opportunity like this? I just think they have to take it. If, it. if there's going to be an offensive MVP, it's going to be Brady or Gronk. You know, I just hope Brady has one of these vintage performances. I hope on Monday morning we're not talking about him throwing a big pick or a receiver dropping a ball like we had to talk about last Super Bowl. So I, it's going to be Brady or Gronk if there's an offensive MVP. Defensively, yeah. I'd probably say somebody like Colin just because he's the most dynamic player on the defense. He can make so many splash plays, so maybe he forces a big turnover to um, change the course of the game. I'll, I've, I've been saying all week, I think if the Patriots win, it's probably 24-17, so I'll just stick with that. That is Mike Loico from NewEnglandPatriotsDraft.com. Be sure to check out his work. It is top-notch, and it is consistently updated throughout the season, throughout the off-season. Mike, We appreciate you taking the time out to come on the program. All right, guys, no problem. Have a good night. The Mike Loiko interview today was brought to you by the good folks over at lynda.com. Go to www.lynda.com. That is L-Y-N-D-A.com. And claim your free trial today by going to www.lynda.com slash C-L-N-S. What do you ask is lynda.com? Well, lynda.com is the absolute best place online where you can go and learn about anything it helps people from around the world all the self-help courses are taught by experts and new courses are added daily check it out you need to check out lynda.com i challenge you to become better www.lynda.com slash clns all right now patrick i want to ask you Let's hear your prediction, offensive MVP, and who's your defensive MVP? Well, I just made my prediction on the Chief Seats podcast, which will be released tomorrow. So I guess uh, people uh, will listen at the exact same time on both shows. I picked 23-17 Patriots. Uh, similarly, similarly to what Mike said, I think that, that so much has happened this season. The Patriots have gone through so much adversity, starting out 2-2, two and two, you know, barely getting past the likes of Minnesota and uh, and uh, Oakland, getting blown up by Kansas City, and then the remarkable run they went on. So much has been put into this season, whether it was all of the free agent signings in the off season, the acquisitions they've made. 
in season getting Akeem Ayers, Jonathan Casillas, Alan Branch, those type of players. It, it, I've never seen the Pages make so much of an effort pre and mid season to get to this point, and they're playing so well. I mean, they just came off of a game. Take the flake gate with, the, with what you will. Uh, all I'm going to say is that we had a, a class experiment today where we had one football at 13 PSI, another football at 11 PSI. Could not tell the difference in any facet of it. Uh, they blew out that cold, kit, that cold team 45-7. I mean, it was a blowout from start to finish, and they're just on a roll. So I think the Patriots end up winning this game, like I said, 22-17. My offensive MVP, I'm going to go with Tom Brady simply because I've been, I've been on so hard on him for so long. I, I do want to see him succeed. So I'll put Brady as my offensive MVP. Defensive MVP, I'm going to put as two because I can't go against Devin McCourty, as everyone knows I love for Devin McCourty. But uh, he'll, be my, he'll, he'll be my heart of heart defensive MVP. But uh, I think that, similarly to what Mike said, Jamie Collins, he's a freak. He's all around the field. He makes plays. And, and I mean, you think about this kid with a, a safety in college, moves to linebacker. He's just been on a tear as of late. So I'll say Pages win 23-17. Tom Brady's my offensive MVP. And Devin McCourty and Jamie Collins are my two defensive MVPs. And listen, Devin McCourty playing center field, he could very easily have won maybe even multiple interceptions in this game cry. and earned that cry. MVP trip. I I can only imagine what your reaction would be, Patrick. I don't know. You <laughs> might miss days. The rest of the game you could black out. So someone Definitely. might have to be awesome. with you just to make sure you're safe if McCourty does come up with a big play. And, listen, both these teams have been battle-tested throughout the year and shown their mental toughness time and time again this season, and in the playoffs. But if you look at how Seattle's performed in the postseason, for 55 minutes, they were getting smacked by Green Bay, who, a testament to Seattle, didn't let them score in the red zone in the first half when they had several opportunities. But Green Bay was the much better team for 55 minutes. Seattle was not dominant against Carolina by any stretch of the imagination, so they really, it kind of has that feel to me of how the 07 Patriots looked in the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl, where they've won these games, but they really haven't looked all, the, all that impressive through a full 60 minutes. So I like how the Patriots have performed and the ability they showed in blowing out the Colts and the comeback and the mental toughness to get over the hump against the Ravens. I'm going with the Patriots to win this game. Just like I've said throughout the week on this podcast, 24-21 New England is my prediction. Offensive MVP, clearly it's going to be Tom Brady if New England is to be successful. Defensively, I know you guys like Jamie Collins because of his ability to make those splash plays, quote-unquote. I'm going with the other linebacker, Dante Hightower, who I hope gets recognized for just how much is on his plate between communicating setting everyone up where they need to be, putting the rest of the defense in position to make plays, something that your boy McCourty also does a terrific job of. And then, of course, being able to contain Russell Wilson, being able to stop Marshawn Lynch, covering tight ends at times. There's so much on both these linebackers' plates that I hope at least one of them gets recognized should the Patriots be successful. That's going to do it for today's episode. Patrick, Thanks for joining us. Obviously, we're going to have to make this a full-time deal and get Jeff out of here. Appreciate you coming on. (laughs) 
Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. And uh, we won't we won't push Jeff too hard off the air, but uh, I think it's time we get this dream team going uh, permanently next season. Exactly. We'll just give him a nudge for now as we head into the off season. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to Patriots Beat today. We had a special show with Patrick Shankauer and Bobby Kravitsky. I will be back tomorrow for another Patriots Beat. But don't forget, the easiest way to listen to Patriots Beat is by downloading the free mobile app for iTunes and Androids. Speaking of free apps, today's episode is powered by Lynda.com. Lynda.com has an easy-to-navigate home on the web, or you can try the amazing Lynda app itself with a free membership from CLNS Radio. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting www.lynda.com slash CLNS. Go ahead, challenge something yourself, and learn something new in 2015. Get on board with Lynda and CLNS Radio. Internet Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.